Another strong start. There's a drive. And that's a way back. That's up there. And Billy Butler has just sent it out to tie the game at four. And this is our second ever Matanzerous podcast. We got put on a little delay here with this coronavirus crisis, but we're coming back here in quarantine, two separate sides of the country, one of us in Massachusetts, one of us in Washington, and we are coming back to you with our second podcast here. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it with no baseball. I've had nothing to watch besides old games, and I'm sure it's the same for you, so happy to reminisce here and talk about some old baseball memories and moments. That's for sure. You gotta, we gotta try to get our minds back on the game here. I know I've been watching some old reruns and stuff. That's been the only baseball that's been on TV recently. So we figured we'd kind of reminisce again on some of our old favorite players, and we kind of create our own favorite lineups today. Yeah, no, I'm super excited to share this one. And both you and I had these lists prepared already, which is something interesting that could, that we've already thought about it. But yeah, they're based on our favorite players. Uh, and that we've grown up watching. And the rule is, if I'm correct, is that you've had to see this player play in person, right? That is correct. Okay, well, I, I know you've been to your fair share of Red Sox games and me Mariners games, so uh, I think we should be heavily represented by our hometown teams, but I, I don't know if you'll beat me with the Red Sox. I, I got to say, just looking at it casually, I got to say at least 85% of my team is Mariners at this point. But. Yeah, I'm trying not to. I tried not to making my well making my team. I tried not to give as much hometown bias, but I found it quite difficult, as I'm sure you did as well. Yeah, no, I love my guys. So why don't we start off? Uh, let's start off with our catchers. For me, it was Mike Zanino. Mike is my guy, my one of my favorite players of all time. And even as silly as that sounds, uh, growing up watching him, I he got drafted. I followed him through the minor leagues, made his major league debut. Uh, went to his walk-off hit against the Chicago Cubs, which was the first big moment I remember from him. And me being a catcher in high school and my whole childhood, uh, I really do connect with him, and I like him a lot, and I really hope he succeeds in Tampa this year, especially with Darno gone. He should get a starting opportunity, so I hope he can take advantage of that. But, yeah, for me, Mike Zanino behind the dish. Who do you have? Uh, personally, for me, I had Buster Posey. He was one of my favorite players. He was kind of the... Um, when I first started really getting into baseball, he was kind of the top guy at the position and uh, right-handed hitter like I was. And I really kind of looked to his swing when I per personally was working on my swing back when I played. And um, just another great player. He was one of those guys. I, I really appreciate how he came back from his injury and, and worked real hard uh, to win the MVP the next year. Uh, just a great player overall. So that was kind of my choice at that position. No, for Who'd sure. you first, Max? Well, I got to say, Buster Posey was one of my favorite catchers, too. And, in fact, I yep. I have a bench written down, and they don't count for my team. But, like, I guess an honorable mention, Buster Posey was on that list because he, as you said, I think he is one of the best catchers of our generation right behind Yachty. And he is a better hitter than Yachty, uh, plain and simple. But I think Yachty just has the defensive. Uh, he's so yeah. good defensively. But, uh, and I have yeah. to, if I have to make a comment, um, I, I – 
already knew going off the start when I first brought up the idea to you, I, I was calling out that Mike Zanino pick. <laughs> I knew that was a lock for you. Knew uh, that it was a lock. If I had to, if I had to put my life on the line, I would say Mike would have been the pick for you there. And no, no, no. Well, you, you Tom Murphy really was close for this one. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm kidding. All oh, right. really? No, <laughs> I didn't, didn't think so. I expect big things from Tom. But um, all right, first base for me, not a Mariner this time, is Mark Teixeira, a guy I grew up watching a lot of. Uh, I grew up in New York for about five years or so. From uh, I moved to Seattle in 2009. Uh, so my baseball roots are from Seattle because that's when I started liking baseball. But I always did keep an eye on the Yankees. Mark Teixeira was a guy I always liked. And I really like him on ESPN now, too, as an analyst. Uh, one of the coolest guys on and off the field. Uh, really good defensively and offensively. Some signature moments as well. So, yeah, he is my first baseman. Who do you have? Uh, me personally at first base, I like your Mark Teixeira pick. He's always a fun player to watch and really guy who just loves the game. Because he's even worked at ESPN now. He's done a really good job with that. But for me, I had my guy G-Man Choi at first oh, base. Just yes. a fun player to watch. Former Mariner, too. You gotta love G-Man. Oh. He's kind of he's kind of been through been through the system. He's been with the Angels, the Brewers, Yankees, a couple of teams like you mentioned. Um, just a fun guy to watch. He's not the greatest player at first base, but just a fun, fun guy to watch. He's always having fun with his teammates and and having fun at first base. And you gotta love that walk off celebration he had that one year, <laughs> the big the big fist pump there. So that was yeah. fun to watch. No, yeah, he he's incredibly fun. Uh, and it's something I think he's one of the more underlooked guys in the game in terms of personality. He's a good player too. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I think I think if you know, hopefully the Rays continue to rise, and if he's still playing with them, hopefully he can continue to rise in the charts of you know morale wise guys are as a guy that a lot of fans like. Uh, for me, second baseman, I wouldn't be surprised if you hadn't heard of this guy. Uh, he was a utility guy for the Mariners in 2015 and 16. And I really liked him just because he was a scrappy guy who was from Washington when he was playing with the Mariners. Had some big moments, especially a big home run on Ken Griffey Jr. number retirement night. And that is Sean O'Malley, uh, utility guy. Ah, uh, yep. You, yep. You know, was, you know what you're talking about there. <laughs> I, I, I liked him so much. And it's a shame that I, I, he, uh, he was in the Rockies minor league system, I believe, in 18. And then I, I think he just retired after that. But you know what? I liked I liked his I liked his work ethic and his his scrappiness and you, know, you got to root for him so that's why he's my second baseman. Yeah, I kind of went along the same lines with you there. Not so much as an unknown player, but a real hometown hero, uh, Brock Holt for the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, he just left the team this year and signed with the Brewers. But just one of those guys that he's a fan favorite. He's not going to be your best player, but he played all around the field. Um, majority of his playing time, I believe, came at second base, and he made some real flashy plays over there. Uh, just one of those guys who does everything well, makes contact. Um, has, hits for solid average. He always he always seemed to be doing something on the field to help the team, which was always something I loved to see. Uh, Brock Holt, even from the start, before he really, um, when he came from over from the Pirates, I, I liked him playing at third base. He made a couple plays. I remember watching him live. Uh, he made a nice diving play at third base one day. Um, and, again, just one of those guys that I think all Red Sox fans can relate. Everyone who really followed the team seemed to really like Brock Holt. Uh, shortstop. Derek Jeter, I, 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 there was no doubt in my mind for this. When I started watching baseball, Derek Jeter was the story. He was the face of Major League Baseball. Uh, the type of guy you wanted to model your play off of, your attitude off of. Some great quotes, too. My favorite quote of all time is, there may be people with more talent than you, but there's no excuse for anyone to work harder than you do. I live by that. Uh, he's the man. was able to see him play live a few times. 
And you know, I remember watching that last game, that last home game in 2014, and the emotion. That was incredible. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I mean, I'm sure as a Red Sox fan, you know, I, I don't know what your opinions on him, but you know, you gotta respect him a little. You gotta bit, respect right? him. Yep. Yeah, true respect. One of the greatest shortstops of all time. No matter what people say, people might say he's overrated. I don't know how you could really say that. I mean, you uh, know, just like one of the best. The defensive metrics aren't quite there, but he still put up fantastic numbers. Three thousand hits in New York City. More than in the more market. than made up for it. Exactly. With offense, more than made up for that defense with his offense, and he made the key plays defensively when they had to be made in the in the biggest moments. Yep, for sure. Uh, who's your shortstop? My shortstop personally was one of those guys, um, really, when I first recalled watching baseball, I remember that one of the biggest moments for me was that 2013 Red Sox World Series. Um, they won some World Series, I know, obviously, in the early 2000s, but the first World Series I can really vividly recall is that 2013 World Series. And 2013 was the year Xander Bogarts came on the scene. He's kind of a staple for the Red Sox ever since, and I've got to really watch him grow and improve at shortstop. Uh, just over the years, last year he had his, a huge breakout year, and it seems like he's just been getting better and better every year. A guy you can just tell is a, is just a great um, teammate on on and off the field. Uh, just uh, seems to be um, uh, he's evolved really into being the leader of the Red Sox now. So a real fun guy to watch there, and uh, that he's my he's my shortstop for my team. Didn't he wear like eighty seven or something that year? What was his number? Didn't he wear like a super high number? I believe I believe it was seventy two. Seventy two. I, I, I think that's right. Yes, I think that is right. That sounds right. Uh, no, yeah, and I mean I think he's one of the more underlooked guys as well, uh, with how many great shortstops we have in this game. I remember uh, he was almost snubbed of the All Star game, but he eventually made the roster last year, right? Or did he get snubbed? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Devers was the one who I thought personally got snubbed, and kind of that actually leads me into my. A good segue into my third base <laughs> conversation because I have Raphael Devers over there at third base, another guy who just you can just tell loves to play the game and always has a smile on his face on the field. Really broke out last year and was really fun to watch. So he he was my third baseman there. Pretty easy choice. Yeah, for me it's Kyle Seager. Uh, he debuted in 2011. I started intensely watching midway through 2010. So besides Felix Hernandez, Kyle Seager is the longest tenured Mariner that I've been able to watch. And again, it feels like I've, I'm not going to say I've watched, he's like, I, me growing up, he's always been there. And that's what's special about that. And it's a shame that, you know, the contract is not working out right now. And he was hurt a little bit of last year, but he always holds a place in my heart. And I like him a lot. And I hope yeah. the best for him wherever one he the, is. Yeah, one of the most consistent Mariners players I know over the past decade just seemed to always be in the lineup last year i think was the first year he was injured yep. at all or missed a significant uh chunk yeah. of time so and it was i think yeah like you said hand over he like dove down the third base line in spring training and rolled over his like wrist and broke his hand uh so yeah. it, it wasn't even anything like, like like you said though i think it is a shame that people tend to at this point kind of overlook him and, and consider the contract to be kind of a liability because uh he earned that contract from just being one of the most consistent players uh, over over a long period of time, so I, I have to say I believe he deserved that contract and just I think he's going to bounce back this year, hopefully or maybe the, next year. In the small sample size of games, he still left the yard like twenty. Yeah, he times. actually yeah. yeah in the second half especially he slugged really slugged really well and uh, yeah. really really picked it up there. So yeah, so I mean I, I'm I, if he's healthy this year and we get a season. Uh, hopefully, I, you know, the, the trade stuff is confusing because basically 
his club op- his club option would turn into a player option if he's traded. So no team obviously wants to take that because that's taking on like eighteen million dollars, and you you know you gotta assume that Kyle Seager would take that because uh, he's not going to get that from anyone else. Uh, so that's what's really unattractive about the contract and what makes him very difficult to trade. Uh, but who knows? I know he said he might be willing to renegotiate it. So if he is having, you know, he's, if he's rolling, you know, by the trade deadline, if we have a trade deadline, maybe he'll renegotiate it and someone will take him. And yeah, we'll get some and, wor- and worst case, and worst case too, I mean, to say for the Mariners, you, you keep him on the team and he's a good mentor to the younger infielders and, and really all the young hitters on the team. Because exactly. uh, he's been around, he's he's done he's done it for now for a for a, a good decade. He's been one of the top hitters on the team. So, um, in left field for me now, moving on, uh, I had another hometown hero here in here in Boston, uh, Daniel Nava in left field. Oh, yeah. Um, from for me, I'll always remember uh, his huge three run go ahead home run after after the marathon bombings, the first game back in the uh, in the eighth inning. He hit that go ahead home run against the Royals, and it was just a huge moment. One of my favorite home runs of all time. Didn't he hit uh, a slant, grand slam in his first at-bat, too? First pitch first pitch you ever wow. saw in the big leagues was a grand slam. So I, I I don't know which one you would say is his greatest home run, but for me, that uh, three-run homer go-ahead against the Royals at home after the bombing In terms was, of significance, it definitely has to be that one. Yeah. Uh, for yep, me, who'd you have in left? For me, this guy isn't a left fielder anymore, and really he played right field, but I just tried to fit him in somehow. Uh, that is Nelson Cruz. I love Nelly to death. Again, one of my favorite personalities of all time. Obviously, the PEDs hold him back a little bit, but uh, one of the best contract signings in Mariners history. Some great moments as well. And again, one of those guys that like I think I love more off the field than on the field. He's so good to fans, really nice on social media, and you could tell that everyone on the team loves him. He's a leader, and he really holds the, the team together chemistry-wise. And uh, everywhere he goes, he wins. Obviously, he never made the playoffs with the Mariners, but he brought a lot of success to them, a lot of 80-plus seasons for them. And at, an, at the age he's at and you know the strength he still has and the home run numbers he's putting up and the power numbers in general, he's not just a power hitter hitting 230. He's hitting up there 270, 280, and constantly an all-star Yeah, just game. a pure hitter. Exactly. He is... I, I yeah he has to, I tried my best to sneak him onto my list and my DH spot is filled by someone else so I couldn't put him there. Yeah, just like you said with Nelson Cruz, I gotta say that's a great pick, a really likable guy. Um, just one of the most, I mean, you can almost put him on the board for forty home runs every season. Just yeah. one of the most consistent hitters again. Uh, and like you said, he's not just a pure power hitter; he hits for average too. Last year, he hit well and over three hundred. So, great player there. And center field for me, speaking of just pure hitters, I had to go with, uh, I, I I think he should personally be everyone's favorite center fielder in the game, but Mike Trout, I mean, how do you not love this guy? Just just great, great guy and, and, and humble guy to be the best player in the game. I think he's great. Yeah, I had him on my list too. Yeah, and I mean, the amount of times I've he- seen him spank the Mariners. I, 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 I've probably seen him hit at least 12 home runs at T-Mobile Park. It, it's absurd. And especially the numbers that he has against Felix Hernandez, it gets to the point where you're just like, you got to tip your cap. He is so good. I think one of the he will end up being one of the best players of all time, maybe even in the top five. And it's a pleasure to watch him. I'm so honored that I've been able to watch him, uh, even if it is hurting the Mariners so much. So, yeah, he's my center fielder. Yeah, as well. I, I remember, I just, I'll always recall going to see him at Fenway Park uh, in a doubleheader and just watching absolutely laser balls off the green monster at Fenway. I remember <laughs> just like, just like absolute 
uh, absolute shots out to left field, and it's just again you can't even you can't even be mad when when he when he hits one off your team because it's just you know you're watching greatness right in front of you and he's going to be one of the best players of all time even if even if he retired tomorrow i think he'd be a hall of famer so one of the best players of our generation if not the best player hopefully they can get him some more playoff at bats but that's a whole nother story yeah that's another story that's right right field for me is ichiro suzuki this is the reason why i love baseball i fell in love with baseball because of him and I remember the day he got traded to the Yankees. They were playing the Mariners, and I was devastated. Uh, then he comes back and retires last year. And, again, my whole love for baseball was centered by him and sparked by him. So, yeah, he has to be in right field for me. Yeah, I know. That was that would have been my second guess to make your team just because I know how much Ichiro is meant to you. Uh, inc- just an incredible player. I, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, if not a unanimous pick there. Um, just a great, great player, a fun guy to watch. For me, now I'm going on kind of a different side. Uh, player well known, but but had his had his moments. Was uh, Brandon Moss? It was kind of a pick. Oh. I was looking back to some guys, and I was too, thinking, actually. hey, yeah, I remember I remember Moss playing. He had that one season with 30 home runs, and never quite had another really great season. But I just remember watching him crush balls to right field and thinking, just just a fun guy to watch. He always seemed to have fun playing and. Um, Right field was a toss-up for me and among a couple guys, but I ended up going with Moss just because he was a fun guy to watch, I remember. so. Yeah, that well, that one All-Star season was when uh, the A's beat out the Mariners for that wild-card spot, so I know too much about yeah. Brandon Moss. But, yeah. and, and going and going back, that, that wild-card game, he had two three-run home runs against, yep. against the Royals, which was pretty incredible there. He put the A's on his back in that game. Unfortunately, they couldn't lock it down for him but uh just great performance I'll always remember him in that wild card game impressive there, there he's one of those guys that I think that like you know it was very like he like I saw another tweet speaking of Twitter and how you got this idea where it was like name the most underrated player uh or not underrated player but a player who was good at one point that no one ever talks about and I feel like Brandon Moss would be one to put in that list uh he's he's a guy who's very quiet and was on an Oakland team who's in the small market I think he then went, went what to Cleveland for a year. Um, let me pull. It yeah, up. he was with Cleveland for a bit. He was with St. Louis. He kind of bounced around, but everywhere he went, he was pretty uh, could be counted on as a uh, pretty productive hitter, a left-hander off the bench or in the lineup. Be uh, always mashed right-hander. So yeah, and then for our um, DH spots, I think that you and I probably have the two best DHs of all time to talk about. And I have Edgar Martinez, and you, I'm assuming, have Big Poppy. I actually don't, but that's, I'll let you get through Edgar, and then I'll explain. Then I'll explain, but okay, okay. Uh, this guy this guy has special meaning to me coming up. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, Edgar for me, unfortunately never got to see him play when he retired in 2004, but uh, I got batting lessons from him when I was younger. I was able to go to his Hall of Fame induction, and uh, I've had a lot of cool experiences with him, so he means a lot to me, and I was so happy to see him get inducted last year. He deserved it so much, and... I'm happy that the sabermetrics are starting to win a little bit more and that the tables are turning a bit because that definitely helped him a lot. Yeah, and uh, I have to agree with you. Great player there and, and a lock pick for you, I'm, I'm assuming, just because uh, he gave you those bat- batting lessons and stuff. That must have been pretty incredible <laughs> and had a huge – must have been uh, just awesome for you doing that. Uh, for me, I had – now, you would think it would be Ortiz because I'm obviously from – Massachusetts, every Red Sox fan loves Ortiz, and I gotta say the same. I love David Ortiz. 
But my pick I'll always remember is going to see Kansas City play that actually same series that um that the Red Sox um, after the bombings and Navit the home run, but later on the next day the double header. I was actually supposed to go to the game the day that of the bombing, so that game got pushed back and in, into the night. And I remember kind of saying to my my dad, I wasn't a huge baseball fan at this time. I was just starting to get into it. But my I asked my dad like, who are some good players on the Royals that you should watch out for? And he said, Ah, I don't know. I mean, there's this guy Billy Butler who's pretty good, and you should kind of look out for him. So I was saying. Huh, let's see. Let's see what Butler does tonight. Cause and I looked up and he's this stocky kind of, kind of like big hitter comes up and I'm like, hmm. Let's see what he does here. And he absolutely bombs one. I'm telling you, this ball is crushed over the green monster. <laughs> and ever since, I've been just a huge fan of Billy Butler of the Royals. Even though he hit against my hometown team and stuff, I just, uh, I've always had a had a soft spot for him. Just just remembering that story and having that connection. He hit that home run the same night that my dad was mentioning that he was a player to keep an eye on. So, um, just he's always been a player, even though he's out of the league now, which is kind of disappointing. I just remember always always rooting for him whenever he came on TV and and just a good player for the Royals throughout those the early 2010s and stuff. That's um, a fantastic. Story. I remember. Yes, it, it was it was pretty cool. Just um, we ended up actually for my my dad's birthday one time. It's kind of a joke. We got the uh, Billy's famous barbecue sauce for him <laughs> as kind of kind of in remembrance of that night. So uh, Billy Butler will be all my, one of my all time favorite players, even though he's not as well known as someone like David Ortiz at the DH spot. Yeah, that's actually that's a great story. I like that. Uh, for me now, going let's go to starting pitchers. Uh, for me, Felix Hernandez, without a doubt, is on the top of my list. I mean, again, I said with Kyle Seager, it's a guy I've grown up with. Felix is the definition of Mariners baseball in the era that I watched. And I'm happy he had some success with the Braves, and hopefully he can continue to pick up where he left off uh, when the season starts again, if it starts again, because I want to see that guy in the postseason. He, deser- he deserves it more than anyone. It breaks my heart that he never got to do it in the Mariners uniform. And I, I might have told you this before. I don't know if I did, but like my hope, and this is not going to happen. But like, I just like was I've been daydreaming about Felix reinventing himself, and he doesn't need to, you know, be something in the range of like four four ERA, four two ERA, and the Mariners are good again. He's a free agent. They sign him to be a fifth starter or a long relief guy, and he gets to pitch in the postseason and gets a ring with them. That would be absolutely amazing. I don't think that's gonna happen, but you know, I can dream. Yeah, I do recall you telling me that telling me that story when we were back at school. Um, I, you never know. You never know. If that ends up happening, I'm gonna give you all the credit in the world, and we're gonna go back and we're gonna listen to this and laugh about it because that would be pretty incredible. Um, but looking ahead, the Mariners are getting better. Felix this spring was pitching pretty well, so you never know. You know, uh, I think it's like like his age 37, 38 season, and he's not really gonna do much. He's just gonna be that guy in the pen who's just there for veteran presence or something i don't know i see it happening i can i can look into the future <laughs> um for me my first starter is um jacob de grom um okay. pretty pretty easy um pick for me just because um for one i've had him on it sounds like kind of a, a silly reason but he's been on my fantasy baseball team kind of one of the guys who's carried me to my past two championships in that uh, the past couple of seasons, he's always been fun to watch and cheer for. Even though he's not technically on the Red Sox, I can still cheer for him because he's on my team. But just dominant, uh, one of those guys that could 
be considered. I know we've got Garrett Cole now, but I think you could consider DeGrom at least over the past two or three years as the top starter in baseball. I think he is, uh, yeah. Just a fun guy to, fun guy to watch. Just He dominates bat, opposing batters. Yeah, and then my number two is going to be Hisashi Iwakuma. Another guy I grew up with, threw a no-hitter, all-star in 2013, top three Cy Young vote finisher in 2013. Again, uh, really good dominant years. When I think back to my favorite Mariner years, it has to be 2014 or 2016 uh, in that order, and Kuma was a huge part of both of those. So God, I got to put him up there on that list if he's healthy. Again, there was a lot of health issues, but... Yeah, I remember actually that Iwakuma no-hitter. I, I can... Uh, just you reminding me that I just remember sitting um, uh, at one of my brother's travel baseball games and and pulling up the at bat app and just watching um, kind of the the pitches come in and see if he would complete the no hitter. So that was pretty exciting and just a kind of a memorable memorable moment there for me. My uh, second starter is Chris Sale, another kind of notable dominant starting pitcher. Uh, I'll always have uh, memories of him, especially with that. Even though lately he hasn't had the best news going on with the Tommy John and the contract and all that talk, he'll always be a memorable member of the Red Sox just because of he got the last out of the World Series and and helped them win that huge World Series in 2018. So he'll always have a spot in my in my favorite rotation because of that. Yeah, would you? Who would you have rather? Do you like Sale closing that out better, or would you rather have Kimbrel in there? I think Sale deserved it just because he came over and kind of turned that this team around and was the was the top pitcher for for us and kind of led the rotation that whole season. So I feel like he deserved to get the last out there. And Kimbrel that whole postseason is True. this kind of another story was was pretty shaky and um, I can't say he was one of my favorite players to watch because he always seemed to have some nerve wracking outing that Make always put dicey. fans. All right. Yeah, exactly. So. For me, my number three is Max Scherzer, a guy I always love to watch. Uh, remember watching him all the way back with the Tigers in 2012 and 13, uh, that crazy dominant 2013 year when he really burst onto the scene as one of the best in the game. And then with the Nationals, I've always liked the Nationals, and they've been like, I'm not going to say one of my favorite teams because you know the Mariners are my only one, but they're a team I like and I root for, and I'm so happy he got a World Series ring, especially with them. And I love his attitude and his presence on the mound. He's so fun to watch. Uh, and, you know, it's special. It's something special every night for him. So he's a guy that's a no-doubt Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I hope he goes in as a nat now, given the fact that he won the ring and he has a couple Cy Youngs with him. Uh, and the fact that he's my namesake as well, the same name. So Max Scherzer, number three for me. <laughs> yeah, I got to agree. Uh, Max and DeGrom and, and Sale kind of were all at the top. I didn't want to pick all three of them because it would kind of seem redundant, just seem – picking the top pitchers in baseball but yeah Scherzer I gotta agree with you is a real fun guy to watch just the amount of emotion he has on the mound yeah. uh is is always entertaining there uh for me I actually have a former teammate of uh Max Scherzer's in Detroit uh Rick Porcello even though recently he hasn't been he hadn't been the best pitcher for the Red Sox uh I'll always remember that his uh Cy Young year where he won 20 games and, and pitched really well uh controversially beating out Justin Verlander, but uh, that season will always be a special one there. Yeah, for sure. And then my number four is James Paxton. Uh, James, again, watched him through the minor leagues, watched him come up, and, you know, some great moments. The no-hitter as well. 
uh, was the ace of the Mariners team in 2018, and obviously being a Mariners fan since 2010, that's one of the only uh, few special things I have with them. Uh, so him being the, you know, the holding that crew together was uh, really fun to watch. And now he's with the Yankees, and I was happy to see him in the postseason. Uh, had that really good Game Five ALCS start, I believe it was. Um, and you know, if he's you know if he's a free agent, and the Mariners want to pick him up, and I, I wouldn't mind it, but I don't see that happening either. But anyway. Uh, away from my fantasies, yeah, James Paxton, absolutely fantastic when he's healthy once again, and I hope the best for him, and hopefully he continues to succeed in the Bronx. Yeah, following that up, um, my four-star in the rotation is another lefty, uh, great curveball, uh, Rich Hill of the oh, Dodgers. Okay. He pitched with the, he kind of started his resurgence with the Red Sox, and he threw that great complete game shutout saved by Mookie with that great catch of the wall, but uh, Hill is always a fun guy to watch. He always has some uh, funny reactions on the mound, whether they're good or bad. He has that little hop after he throws his pitches, which is kind of fun to watch. Uh, but he's a he's um, he's one of my favorite players to watch as well. Uh, just dominate curveball. Just that that that's one of the best pitches to watch in baseball, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, yeah, just his turnaround resurgence of his career was uh, was. Uh, a great thing that for any baseball fan to witness. Yeah, and I think I think a sneaky move by the Twins. I think he's with the Twins now, and uh, he could he could be big for them, especially in the middle of that rotation because uh, they're again sneaky guys. Uh, so you know, Odorizzi really good for them last year. Barrios uh, obviously is Barrios or Barrios, excuse me, uh, and now Rich Hill in the middle of that as well. So exciting stuff for them. Yeah, and another another former Dodger, uh, Kenta Maeda, will be good for oh, them yeah. this year too. So. Oh yeah. There we go. All righty, bullpen. Let's go through this. We'll just name all three. Edwin Diaz for me, Mariano Rivera, Tom Wilhelmson. Edwin, 57 saves in uh, 2018, the best season I've seen from a reliever uh, ever since I've been watching. Uh, not only that, but dominant personalities, amazing. Energy on the mound is something else, and I think that's a huge part of what his success was in 2018. Uh, Mariano Rivera, because it's Mariano Rivera again, uh, saw him a lot, saw his last save at Safeco Field, was able to get his autograph when I went to Yankee Stadium one time. I think he hated my guts because I was just screaming his name a thousand times, but I did end up getting <laughs> it, so we still have that. But, uh, no, yeah, best closer of all time, so you have to have him on there. And Tom Wilhelmson because, really, the my favorite Mariners closer that's not Edwin Diaz and a guy who, again, had a really fun story and personality. He was a bartender. And then all of a sudden tried to get back into baseball, and there he was throwing 97-plus with a nasty, snappy breaking ball. And he's back in the game and had a couple of good years with the Mariners and then went to the Diamondbacks, and I haven't heard anything since. So, yeah, Tom Wilhelm's number three for me. Uh, my three relievers are as follows. Koji Uehara, that okay. huge um, strikeout to end the World Series in, in 2013. He was dominant for them that, that season, and... Um, was their closer for a couple seasons after that. Uh, just a fun guy to watch. Um, always remember, again, that celebration after the 2013 uh, World Series. Uh, number two for me was Brad Ziegler. Um, I've always okay, had kind okay. of a fascination, a fascination with that kind of sidearm submarine delivery. So he's kind of the, he was kind of the dominant guy for uh, submariners for the past couple of years before he retired. But he was a fun guy to watch with the Diamondbacks, and I was thrilled when he got traded to the Red Sox, and he pitched really well, um, sub two ERA with the Red Sox uh, for for the half 
a year or so he was with them. And uh, the last guy I have is um, Marcus Walden, just the guy who got yeah. brought up, uh, kind of uh, journeyman through the minor leagues for quite a few years. And me and my friends always like to cheer for him coming into the games. And for whatever reason, I'm not really sure how it started, but uh, we kind of he's kind of been our guy for the Red Sox to cheer for coming out of the bullpen, hometown guy to cheer for. So um, we watched him when he pitched in Pawtucket right up the road and uh, all the way up to the majors now. So it's been fun to watch him make his debut and, and uh, experience some success uh, for the little bit of time he's been in the big leagues, but he's turned himself into a staple in the Red Sox bullpen. So hopefully he will continue to pitch well for them because he's a fun guy to watch. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, that's your Sean O'Malley. (laughs) <laughs> that's right yeah good stuff all but, right um, yeah that pretty much wraps it up uh, that's our corona podcast here the corona <laughs> found something to talk about hey we can keep we can we can keep <laughs> gotta making... find something no, no no you know i saw a tweet a couple years ago that was really fun and it was like a prompt and it was like your first baseman has to be from your rival team the catcher has to be from a team that has under 75 wins. The second baseman has to be, you know, who you think is the most underrated second baseman. And it's like a prompt. And then you fill in the blanks. And then it's interesting to compare teams. So like, that's something we could do. Uh, we could do lists, like top jerseys in Major League Baseball. Just stuff to, you know, reminisce and think yeah. about, you know, what we love about baseball until it hopefully returns pretty soon. Yeah, we got to got to find something to pass the time until baseball comes hopefully it comes sooner rather than later but we'll uh we'll keep coming up with ideas in the meantime and and try to keep the podcast going so i think that's going to do it for us today max what do you think thank you guys so much for listening for ryan madeiras i'm max tanzer and we hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we'll catch you next time